When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Are you frustrated and confused about how to attract new clients? Nothing you have done is working and you're tired of waiting for the phone to ring. Imagine learning the tips and tools that will help you get noticed and booked by your ideal client and paid what you're worth for your amazing services. Now's the time to make your dream a reality and the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will teach you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hey everyone, welcome back to another show. This is episode 166. Joining me today is Matt Curry. Now Matt's a serial entrepreneur and WSJ best-selling author of The ADD Entrepreneur, How to Harness Your Superpowers to Create a Kick-Ass Company. He built Curry's Auto Service into a 10-location chain, servicing almost 5,000 cars a month and almost 20 multi-million dollars in sales. And Kaz, which is his business, Curry's Auto Service was voted the top shop in North America as voted by Motor Age magazine as well as earned Inc. 5000 for the fastest growing companies three consecutive years. Very impressive. And today on the show, Matt's going to speak about financial reporting and why that matters, being sure to measure our key performance indicators as well as have daily, weekly and monthly reports, what he calls flash reports. He's also going to help us to be prepared to be successful. You need to be fully organized and prepared for success, as well as making sure your people, your team, know that they have full authority to say yes to take care of your customers all the time. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's an it's a honor and pleasure to be on your show. Terrific. Now, tell us, how has your ADD tendencies helped you professionally? Well, CADD, you know, there's a lot of negatives uh, associated with ADD, and, and mm-hmm. certainly when I was diagnosed back in the early 70s, uh, the doctors told, you know, told my parents I was going to have to work two and three times harder than anybody else to achieve any type of success in life. And I've used my ADD as my superpower in that it gives mm-hmm. me tons of energy. I can motivate teams. I can get people moving in the right direction that I want them to. And yeah, you know, maybe I'm not you know, as focused as many people are, but it gives me, I can problem solve uh, creatively and I can think of new s- solutions to, to problems creatively. So I really think that a lot of people have, you know, a lot of things, manic depressant, obsessive mm. compulsive disorder, which are close cousins of ADD. But uh, all those things that, that people say are negatives, really those things could be your positives. Mm. Look, I'm so glad that you shared that. And look, hats off to you. I mean, just thumbs up for recognizing that and turning that around because how many people have been told by their medical professionals something maybe not so positive and it really has impacted them negatively in the decisions they've made and the behavior they you know they're following the habits and all that kind of thing so good for you and and I'm sure that there are many other 
people who may be listening, who maybe have children. I mean, my son was diagnosed with ADHD and I tell you what, what he is doing in his career now is involved in IT and, you know, does lots of different things, runs his own little business on the side too as a DJ and he has just shone because we believed in him. We never allowed that to be something that inhibited him but rather looked at the positives and that energy, I mean, often it's like, wow, and quick thinking, quick-witted, I think as well. So, you know, thank you for for the transparency and and sharing. So you talk about two-minute meetings and I know that studies have shown that so many businesses waste so much time on ineffective meetings. Tell us, what's the value of having these two-minute meetings? Well, first of all, two-minute meetings, and I don't mean all your meetings have to be two minutes, all right? <laughs> I typically didn't have a meeting more than an hour. Mm. My two-minute meetings that I talk about is all my managers were required to have two-minute meetings with their employees, with their staff, and their in their shops at least once, sometimes twice a day. Mm. And what it would be is just a lull in the day, you get your team together, and your team could be 10 people, it could be 20 people, it could be 100 people. I mean, there's ways of doing it through uh, Skype like we're doing. And you just get everybody together and you say, hey, look, we're really busy today. Make sure you inspect every car. Make sure you uh, test drive every vehicle. See covers and floor mats in, in every vehicle. Do your best quality work. Double check everything. And the next day it might be, hey, we're not so busy today. So make sure you inspect every car. Mm. Make sure you test drive every vehicle. Do your best work. So what I'm talking about is a consistent message that is out there every time, like an internal marketing type of thing. Mm -hmm. So two-minute meetings is a way of getting your people together every day and just spending two minutes and and reiterating and and enforcing and reinforcing the message of your and vision of your company. Mm -hmm. And then also sharing any concerns or any new company news. So a two-minute meeting is a daily meeting you have kind of to rally your troops and to enforce and reinforce your company's vision and message. Mm -hmm. Would you find, or maybe in your experience, that it's because of a company's lack of coherency or consistency in their vision and their mission and so forth, that is one of the factors that inhibits maybe customer service and and, and overall the goal and the achievement of the business? Would you say that that is something that a lot of companies fail to do well? I think it's absolutely true. If you don't have really you know, rigorous policies and procedures and, and ways of doing things consistently, there's no way that you can make your, your company scalable or repeatable. That's how I was able to take one store with three employees in the back of an industrial park and make it one of the largest automotive repair shops in the Washington, D.C. area, mm-hmm. is we had expectations of our employees and they had expectations of us. We had a very clearly defined vision for our company, a very clearly defined message for our company, and a very clearly defined game plan. Mm. And the game plan is basically your policies and procedures and how you're going to attain your vision. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got it, you know, but at the same time, and you said it in the introduction, you can't let your policies and procedures get in the way of taking care of your customers. You know, you've got to empower your people to be able to say yes and take care of their customers as well. Yeah. So how many organizations they say this is our mission this is our vision yet in actuality if you were to to interview with maybe a range of their clientele the feedback the experience that company is creating is far and certainly lacking from that so it's a great reminder as uh, business leaders so I wonder you've learned a number of lessons and and key things from Richard Branson and and some other awesome entrepreneurs that you've hung out with what are some of the learnings that you'd like to share with us today? 
Well, I've had the opportunity to hang out with yeah, some of the world's best entrepreneurs. I think, you know, the power of yes. Mm-hmm. You know, in my business, if you know, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars marketing and advertising to get people on our door or to make the phones ring or to have a lead on the internet come in. And if you know, if somebody called and said, Hey, I want to get my oil changed or I need to get some tires and I'd like to come in today at three and, and our guys are like, No, we're too busy, we can't mm-hmm. do it. They're only going to call you you so many times and get so many no's before they just never call you again. Yes. So I think that's super important, you know, is having a yes mindset for your company and figuring out a way to get to yes for the customer. The other thing that's really important and goes back to what you just said, your company's got to have, and this is across the board, any successful entrepreneur that I've spoken to, everybody in the company knows the message and the vision of the company. They know what, what the company's about, they know what the company culture is about. You can't just say this is our vision or, and and put it on the wall, but it has to be enforced and reinforced. And that's the reason why you have two minute meetings is to make sure every day that people are on the same page and moving in lockstep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is interesting when you see that, that about you know someone ringing up and can you fit me in or something like that and, and getting a no, we're, we're too busy. I can just think of my husband doing that. And, you know, because when he's ringing around, he's ready to make a a purchase decision. And if it's a yes, he's there and he's a, what do you call it? The word slips me, but he's a a customer that will go back if he's provided good serve, a loyal customer. That's right. This is my fourth uh, interview. So my brain is a little (laughs) weird. I need some of that energy there. But he is. And so, as you said, I mean, if you think of the amount of time, energy, money that organizations we invest to get someone to pick up the phone or to click on the website, whatever it may be, if we don't, you know, really nurture the relationship at that point in time, we may never get that uh, opportunity to do that again. So what would you say to an organization that really are busy? What kind of things maybe have you done in the past? Because I know motor shops can get pretty busy. What are some strategies that you've done that ensures that your staff were not saying to someone, well, I'm sorry, we can't fit you in today? Are you happy to share maybe one or two of those things? Sure. I think communication training and sales training is one big thing. So mm. maybe you are so busy, you know, and you're committed, you're up until six or seven at night and you've got commitments already and you can't get the, you know, that, that person in at three o'clock. So you say, you know, Amory, I can't get you in three today, but how about three tomorrow? Or how mm. about 5.30 today? Not just, no, I can't do it. People are calling you because they have pro- they have a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And it's our job as salespeople and entrepreneurs and managers and employees of companies um, to solve their problem. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to think in that mindset. So let's say I can't solve your problem right away. Let's say they called me in my, in my situation and they wanted body work. Well, my, we didn't do body work. We did mechanical. We did everything mechanical. But I had five or six really great body guys in my pocket mm. and I'd refer them out and they would refer me work. So it was a win-win for yes. everybody. So even if something's not in your core competency, find a way to solve their problem. Don't just say no and hang up the phone. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what everybody's got to understand is the reason why a customer is calling you or reaching out to you is because they have a problem that they want solved. And it's up to you to make their life better, easier, and more efficient. Yeah, that is so true. And as you're speaking about that, I've had a number of conversations where someone couldn't fit me in, a service provider, yet because they took the time... 
And I felt like it was them and me on the phone. They cared about what was going on and I was really happy. And how about we can do this? And yeah, it absolutely works. And I tell you what, even as we're giving referrals out to other service providers, and that could be a topic for a whole other show, that's what we should be doing is, is reciprocal relationships and referral relationships. When I've been referred by someone, you know, that person's given me great service, that will really give, you know, thumbs up to the person who referred. So as you as a motor shop, if you've referred me to a tie guy and that tie guy gives me great service, that goes kudos to you. And so I'll be back to you when I need to do mechanical work or something like that. So it's such That's a great right. reminder to build those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you also, like you said, people want to deal with people who care, people who mm-hmm. genuinely care. So that kind of sincerity, really, it's very hard to teach people, but I think it does come with a strong company culture. Mm. And if you're doing a great job hiring people, which is very important, hiring the right people, which could be a whole other topic. Yeah. You know, so it's all ingrained in the company culture and the type of people you hire and your training program. You can't just put people out to the wolves and expect to have a good, consistent mm. company culture with with people following your vision and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. you got to be a holistic in your approach and – you know, so okay, this is what happens when you hire somebody and when we interview somebody even, and after we hire them, we give them this much training and, and having a program for them. Yeah, that's so important. And I love the fact that you said, and this is so key, I think, and a lot of uh, business owners tend to not focus on this is hiring the right person to begin with. And I think what we're talking about is all about attitude, isn't it? Having an attitude of one of service, going in and communicating and really showing a level of service that you care about the person on the other end of the line, even if you really are busy and you've got a to-do list as long as your arm. And I think with a lot of staff, when they are being hired, sometimes attitude and that whole characteristics of having that caring nature and, and, you know, customer service, that can sometimes just not be trained if a staff member doesn't have the right attitude. Have you found that? Absolutely. And one of the best things to do, I mean, there's personality tests that you can take if you have a really a couple of really good managers or a couple of really good technicians, a couple mm. really good sales guys, and you get those guys to take personality tests. And then when you have a new employee come in, you have them take a personality test to see if they match those characteristics. That's a good way to do it. Have more than one person interview them, which mm-hmm. is you know is a great idea. Mm. Besides obviously checking the references and all that, and it all de- depends on the you know, the position you're hiring for too. Mm. And I think as organizations, and it doesn't matter whether you've got one or two team members or you've got a number of team members, you really are as good as that team member that is facing the customer. Because if your customers are not being spoken to professionally and, and are not getting the experience that you want all of your team members to deliver. That's the last thing they're going to remember about your company as they continue to keep on walking to your competitors. You know, that's exactly right. We had about 80, 80 or 90 technicians throughout our organization. We worked in a lot of high-end, a lot of BMW, Porsche, Mercedes, a lot of high-end European and import vehicles. So our guys had to be very technical. So they're some of the best technicians on the planet. Mm-hmm. And when we would make that occasional bad hire, our technicians would, you know, would chase that bad guy out, okay? Yes. Because one bad apple truly does, mm. you know, spoil the whole barrel. So 
It's important that you have open lines of communication from your employees that when you make a new hire, if a guy, if a person's not fitting in, to be able to at least vet that. And you know, I'm not saying just fire the person right away or whatever, depending on the circumstance. But you got to be able to uh, communicate with your team and and then communicate with the new hire. Say this is not the way we do things. This mm. is the way we do things. If you can't get on board with that, you can't work here. Yeah. So. Got to nip it in the bud as quickly as possible, don't we, as as leaders of business? You you can't let the the psychos run the asylum. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. I used to tell my store managers that technicians are very strong-willed, and and sometimes a technician, you get a really strong-willed technician in the shop wanting to run the shop when the managers need to run the shop. So leaders need to be leaders. Leaders need to lead. Mm. And I think a good reminder too is that, all right, if if you do have a staff member that has made a mistake and you've got an unhappy, dissatisfied customer, I think that that relationship is not completely negated. It's how you respond. And I think sometimes that in itself can also be such a good indicator of whether that client continues to be a a customer. Because I know myself that if I've been disappointed or something has not been as what I had expected, if I can see that that organization really does care and the way that they approach it and the way they address it is, again, and continues to be from that caring nature, it's like, wow, that, you know, they really went out of their way. I'll keep using them. And I'm sure you've probably got examples of that too. Well, I think some of your biggest cheerleaders and advocates can come out of customers who mm-hmm. had a problem with your service, and it's the way you handle the problem. It's the way you back up your service. I mean, certainly when you're working on 60,000 cars a year, things go wrong and things happen. And that goes back to allowing your managers to make decisions that are in the best interest of the customer the best interest of the company and the best interest of themselves. Mm. If they can look at it from that perspective and say, you know, you had a problem, whatever the problem may be, we worked on your brakes and the brakes are, (laughs) don't work, (laughs) you know, or or don't work very well. Hopefully that works out. Right. You know, and the customer comes back and, you know, maybe it's a different problem. Maybe, you know, you did brakes two months ago and it's a, it's a different problem, but you got to put yourself in the customer's shoes and you got to say, how would I feel if I was this customer? Would this make me happy? Mm-hmm. Is it good for the customer? Is it good for the company? Will the company be seen better in the customer's eyes? Will the company be profitable? You know, whatever. And is it good for me? Well, I feel good about the decision I made. Mm. So that's the way we taught our employees to think. And we spent quite a bit of time training that. It worked really, really well for us when you can get a uh, to people to, to think in the, the yes mentality mm. and the customer and the customer focus mentality. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you said, and I think is so key, treat others. So treat your clients, customers, as you would like to be treated as a customer. And if you provide that level of service and experience that wows that client, they're going to be talking about it to their friends and colleagues. You know, I know that I often do, oh, you should have seen, I went to this to here and this is what they did was amazing. That kind of thing gets spoken about and as does dissatisfied customers. So you certainly want people to be talking about your organization in the positive way. So Matt, one of the things that you talk about is financial reporting matters. And we mentioned earlier in the intro, there's something that you call flash reports. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what they are. Well, this is one of my favorite topics. People have you know, a lot of huge problems. I've been in ton- involved in tons of different businesses and... You've got to have rigorous reporting. And then you go in a lot of businesses and they don't even have P&Ls. Or their P&L mm. might come three months after the month is closed. 
you know, they're busy doing other things. P&Ls are great. And we had our P&Ls done by the 15th day of the following month. Yes. So let's say January, we'd by February 15th, we'd have our P&Ls and we'd find out if January was a good month or a bad month, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem with that is there's not a damn thing you can do about it, okay? There's nothing, you, you know, February or January is gone. February is half gone. True. So what we did is... I love numbers, all right? Mm-hmm. But I don't like to go through every single number on a P&L on the balance sheet. I like to pick out my, the ones that really count, number one. So your key performance indicators and concentrate on those. But the daily and weekly reporting is super important. We knew what about what our fixed expenses were. We knew how much we paid in payroll that day. With those numbers, we could back into, with our payroll, our sales numbers, our gross profit numbers, our fixed expense numbers, we could back into if we had a daily profit. Mm-hmm. And then we did the same thing on a weekly basis, and we tracked how many tires we sold. We tracked what our la- how much labor sales, how much parts sales. Anyway, different things that we tracked. But the important part is, is you had a daily and a weekly report. So if, if our, our goal was fifty thousand dollars in sales that week, and we only did forty, well, mm-hmm. the next week we either had to do sixty thousand dollars in sales, or we made, we needed to cut payroll. Yeah. Yeah. Right? To, to reduce our expenses so that we're going to be able to get to our profit bottom line. Mm. And you can do that in a daily and a weekly flash. You can't do that on a P&L. You can make the adjustments along the way. So maybe you know if your your sales are not quite where they should be, maybe you, should, you would send out a marketing piece. Mm-hmm. Okay, to Send out an email blast to your customers. Do a social media marketing campaign. So there's all sorts of things you can do. But unless you measure, unless you know where you're at, there's no way you can get to where you want to be. Yeah, I think that that's so important. One of the things that we recommend to all our clients too, you've got to take control of your numbers. You've got to be aware of it. Now, you don't need to be an accountant, of course, but you need to be aware of some of the key things because waiting till the end of the month or even longer is not going to allow you to make the changes that you need to. And I think as business owners, we need to be mindful of that and take control of that because no one else is going to do that unless we do. So very important. As we started the show, we shared about your situation and and how you've twisted it on its head and you've turned it into a strength and my goodness, you know, the success that you've been able to generate. So if someone's listening today and maybe they have seen themselves as as different, what would you say to them? What advice would you give them? You're not crazy. That's the biggest thing as entrepreneurs, okay, you're going, you know, I have a mad sense of urgency. I want everything to be done, you know, now. I want and then once I get that done or whatever, or once I hand it off to somebody to get it done, mm-hmm. uh, I want to move on to the next thing. So, you know, and you're going off in different tangents and all that. I would say, and you also go through a lot of highs and lows. A lot mm-hmm. of Cameron Harold, who wrote my uh, forward in my book, uh, he was CEO of 800 Got Junk. He is uh, he's manic depressant. And there's times when you think you're crazy. But what I think you need to do is be self-aware. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, you know, for instance, I know I'm ADD. I know I'm a little off the wall. I know that a lot, some people think I'm a little crazy because of my sense of urgency. But I also know that I get a lot of stuff done. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can lead people. I can create uh, common sense in the wake of chaos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can make sense out of chaos. So I think that the number one thing as an entrepreneur, and you have all these highs and lows, and you, and you have all these different types of pressures, is number one, you're not crazy. Every entrepreneur goes through those highs and lows. Okay, it's up to you to, to be aware of, you know, of where you are, okay, how you're going to face the problems that you need to face. Mm. Because you can't let problems fester. You've got to meet them head on, 
Okay. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, don't get too high on your your big highs and don't get too low on your bad lows because you're always going to go through good times and bad times. And it's how you face those troubling times and and move the team forward that really makes, you know, makes or breaks a leader. Mm. I love the way that you have shared about the importance of having self-awareness. I think self-awareness is one of the greatest gifts Every individual can give themselves recognizing their strengths, where they are good, you know, where their passions lie, all of that, as well as some areas where they may not be as strong, not beating themselves up about it, but being able to recognize it because, you know, we can gather support around us. But uh, it's obviously allowed you to play with your strengths because some of the things that you mentioned were the positives and what you did well. My goodness, I think those are definitely strengths that we admire in in others. So maybe we should all want to be a little bit crazy at times and having that sense of urgency because you can flip it on its on its head and you know not having that sense of urgency can turn into procrastination and never getting anything done. So I think very good advice. So yeah, you know also Emery is is Mm. don't work on your weaknesses. Yeah, Screw your weaknesses. Exactly. You're never gonna my, my best and highest use isn't being locked into an office and reading a hundred page contract from an attorney. That's Man. just not my best and highest use. <laughs> mm-hmm. So hire people around you or outsource you know, exactly. those tasks that are menial tasks that is not your best and highest use. And it's not what you're good at. Mm. Okay? You know, it's so interesting. So people around you that, that are good at doing those things yeah. that you're not good at. Yeah. In just the previous interview that I did with a guest, Matt, this is exactly what I said. You know, we have our individual strengths and areas where we shine. And if we're stretching ourselves out too thin or trying to work on a function or on an activity that really is not one of our strengths, we are not working at our highest level. Outsource it. Get someone on the team to do that so that we can can you know work in our areas of strength because someone else out there if you hire the right team member that's an area of their strengths and we, we can all combine unite and work to the common a vision and common goal how can people get a copy of your book uh they can go to amazon just check out the add entrepreneur mm-hmm. or you can go to my website a dash of and you can order it from right from my website yeah, those are the two best ways to do it. Fantastic. I tell you what, I love... And shoot me an email. Great. I love your website, A Dash of Curry. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because too much curry is too much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look, it has been such an honor and a pleasure to uh, to connect with you, Matt. Everything that you've said today, I think it's uh, really, really important. So if you're listening today, recommend that you go out there and uh, get a copy of Matt's book. All of the details are on our website. All you need to do is go to the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES166. Uh, let Matt know that you heard about the show. And of course, reach out to him. I think he's got uh, some great wisdom uh, to, to share with us. So once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Emery. I appreciate it. And if this is the first time that you are listening, it has been a pleasure. Come back, subscribe to our iTunes channel, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES iTunes. I hope to see you again all next week. Bye for now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.